This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcast to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. Good to have you with us. Don't forget, you can always visit our website, AFR.net, to get our podcast. Or you can listen live. Just go to AFR.net, and you can get the Exposing Washington podcast. And you can listen live to American Family Radio. Um, We also have an app. Just type in AFR in your app store. You can download the AFR app for free. And listen live there, the AFR app, for free. Lastly, you can subscribe to my podcast on your podcast store. Whether you have an Apple or an Android device, you can subscribe to the Exposing Washington podcast right there on your phone. So it's an easy way to get the show at your own convenience. You can listen to it whenever you would like um, at your own convenience and – get the Exposing Washington podcast by subscribing to it on your podcast store. So various ways to keep up with the show. We're going to talk about um, various things. We have just over a week until the election, just over a week until the presidential election, November 3rd, Tuesday, November 3rd is the date of the election. So not that far out. It'll be here uh, very, very soon. There's a great resource that our governmental affairs affiliate, AFA Action, so American Family Association is the parent ministry of American Family Radio, which you're listening to now, but uh, also another affiliated organization with AFA, with American Family Association, is AFA Action. AFA Action is a 501c4 nonprofit organization, and one of the things they produce each election cycle is a voter guide. It is a very informative voter guide, all-inclusive, if you will, and this voter guide covers everything. It doesn't necessarily cover localized elections such as mayor, city council, things like that, but it does get down to the state level and to the state government level. And so the the AFA Action iVoter Guide is very, very helpful for people out there, uh, even like myself, where you have, like November 3rd, there's going to be so many, um, so many different levels of government that you're voting on. Um, It helps to have as much information going into the ballot box as possible. 
So what this voter guide does is it it goes candidate by candidate and it grades the candidates. Not only does it grade the candidates from very liberal to very conservative on that scale, it also provides supplemental information such as who donates to the candidate, said candidate's campaign, who has endorsed said candidate. So if you go to afaaction.net, you can get this voter guide. It's free. All you have to do is uh, fill out, put in your information, your name and zip code, and you get the voter guide. So for example, everyone listed on on the presidential ballot for November 3rd, they are graded on the voter guide. They are graded on the voter guide. And then uh, all of the U.S. Senate and U.S. congressional races, the candidates on those are graded. And so very, very helpful information. Go to afaaction.net for more information. That's afaaction.net for more information. When you get to that page, you can just click 2020 Voter Guide and fill out your information. And within a few minutes, you will have a very informative, helpful guide to take with you to the ballot box come November 3rd. Well, President Trump and Vice President, former Vice President Biden debated this past week, and President Trump did much better on the debate stage compared to the last debate, and so his performance was much, much improved, much better. Uh, Vice President Biden, his was about the same probably as it was last time, so not much change there, but the, the, the topics for this debate were much more substantive. The first debate was more of a personal uh, back and forth, um, but this was more substantive, and they actually got into various issues. One of the issues that was discussed, and thankfully so, was the issue, or is the issue, of... Joe Biden's relationships and business dealings in China, Ukraine, Russia, and other foreign countries, other countries. And if you haven't been keeping up, the New York Post just over a week ago began breaking uh, stories about a laptop that belonged to Hunter Biden that was left at a computer repair shop in Wilmington, Delaware, and how this hard drive on this computer had all kinds of personal and business information relating to the Biden family. And anyone in any media outlet that tells you that this laptop only has to do with Hunter Biden, they are lying. This laptop has every has various details about business dealings for the entire Biden family including Joe Biden. 
in the emails on this laptop, Joe Biden is called the big guy. Or in other email chains, he's called the chairman. Because Hunter Biden and his brothers knew that they could not call their father by his name in the emails should the emails ever become public. Because then then it would directly implicate Joe Biden in these various foreign business dealings. And before I play this clip from the debate, I want to give you a 30-second overview of why this is a big deal. Here's why it is, a, it is wrong for an elected official, much less the vice president of the United States, why it is wrong for him, for that person, for the vice president to do business deals with foreign companies and foreign governments. Not only is it illegal, but it severely compromises the office of vice president and president. An elected official such as the vice president, they are supposed to be doing business and work on behalf of the American people, on behalf of the American government, looking out for our best interest. And when these elected officials begin profiting off of foreign business deals and foreign governments, they immediately become conflicted. And they are no longer able to govern effectively and in the best interest of the United States. That is what is inherently wrong with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and the rest of the Biden family cashing in millions of dollars from foreign governments and foreign entities. That is what is wrong with the information on Hunter Biden's laptop. And anyone who says that this stuff has not been verified, they too are also lying. They too are lying. Because the emails, the pictures... Vast, the vast majority of the information on Hunter Biden's laptop has already been verified by multiple sources, some of which have gone public. So that being said, now that I've set up the stage with what's wrong with Washington, D.C., and the elected officials, including Joe Biden, who have gotten rich on the backs of American workers and American citizens at the expense, rather, of American interest. Let's listen to clip two. This is President Trump calling out Joe Biden on his corruption. I don't make money from China. You do. I don't make money from Ukraine. You do. I don't make money from Russia. You made three and a half million dollars, Joe, and your son gave you. They even have a statement that We have to give 10% to the big man. You're the big man, I think. I don't know, maybe you're not, but you're the big man, I think. Your son said we have to give 10% to the big man. Joe, what's that all about? It's terrible. Well, there you have it. Joe Biden in the emails is called the big man. 
and the big man gets a cut, a financial cut from all of these business deals that Hunter Biden struck up. And if we wonder why elected officials go to Washington, D.C. and literally get nothing done in their time there, it's because they're not really doing the business of the American people. Instead, they're cashing in on their positions. Getting to Washington, D.C. is not about influencing policy for the good of America. It's more about how rich can my family get using my position that the people of America have given me. That is what is is so wrong with Washington. And there is still this problem in Washington, D.C., despite the fact that President Trump has been there for nearly four years. There are various people in the bureaucracy and in Congress who are still capitalizing, taking advantage of this way to cash in on their positions. And their names, beside their name, there is an R and a D. Because Republicans and Democrats both do this. Not all, but many of them do. And Peter Schweitzer has written various books on this. One of them was Clinton Cash. And he's written various other books, but he's exposed... this type corruption in Washington. And it is not a secret any longer. This is all publicly, all public information. What we need in Washington, D.C., is we need elected elected representatives who actually do the business of the American people. They actually do the business, do business in the that is in the best interest of their constituents. And one of the ways you do that is not getting rich off of your position. Instead, just do your job. And when you look back at the founding of our country, our founding fathers never intended for politicians for 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 politicking to be a full-time job politicians back when our country was founded they all had full-time jobs many of them had they were farmers and they did all kinds of other work and they governed because they loved their country they governed not as a primary source of income, but because they loved their country and they wanted to see the best for America. And Joe Biden is the epitome of this corruption. 
Joe Biden and his family became professionals at this scheme of getting rich while in office. And what makes it 10 times worse is that they did it with foreign governments, with foreign entities. These are not even U.S.-based companies. Not even U.S. government money. This is foreign corrupt entities and governments. And it stinks because of all that we know now. Because of all of the corruption that we are aware of now. And if you read the polls, switching gears, if you if you study the polls and you keep up with them, they are showing Joe Biden up pretty much everywhere. And Frank Luntz, who's a well-known, well-respected pollster, (laughs) he said this week that if Trump defies the polls again, like he did in 2016, if he does that again in 2020, Frank Luntz said, quote, my profession is done, talking about the polling profession. And I'm just preparing you out there, the listeners, to get ready for a shocker. Get ready for the pollsters to be wrong. Because when you look across the country, when you look at the enthusiasm for President Trump, I'm just speculating and predicting that the pollsters have it all wrong. And one of the main ways, and some people say, well, well, Walker, I mean, this is what they do for a living. They're, these are experts. I mean, they get paid to run polls, to gauge what people are thinking across the country. And I get that, and I'm not a pollster, But these pollsters, one thing that they do is they use the same formula across the board. They've been using this same formula, this same way to measure enthusiasm for years. But we are living in a very unique time in politics where many people who maybe like the president, they don't really want to talk to anyone about that. Primarily because the media and the Democrats have publicly shamed and canceled anyone and everyone who dares to come out and say, I like President Trump. Because as soon as someone does that, especially public figures, they get criticized, they get blasted, and they get canceled. And so what, I, what, I'm, what I'm speculating about here is that I think that there are many people across this country, many, many, probably 
millions that agree with President Trump on his policies. But if a pollster calls them, blind calls them, and puts them on the spot about who they're going to vote for, they're probably not going to answer. And I think that is a contributing factor that these pollsters are not factoring in. And you would think after 2016 they would have learned their lesson. They would have recalibrated how they do things. But here we are, and the Biden campaign has even admitted that this is a very tight race, especially in battleground states, Florida, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Arizona. The Biden campaign has said such. They said last week they sent out a memo to their campaign staff, and they said this is a very close race. They even said don't believe some of the polls that show Joe Biden with a wide lead. And so I just think that the the enthusiasm amongst President Trump's voting base is being largely overlooked, and many people on November 3rd and November 4th are going to act shocked. They're going to be shocked, and they're going to act as if they just did not see this coming. But let me just go ahead and warn you. There were some people who didn't miss the enthusiasm, and there are some people around the country who see what's going on, who see what's coming in the next week. But there's only one way to find out who's right, and that is to wait until November 3rd and the days following, and we'll see who's right. And maybe I'm wrong because that's always a possibility. A couple other news stories going on in Washington, D.C., I want to play clip one here. This is Mark Meadows on Fox News with Bill Hemmer, and they're talking about these coronavirus relief negotiations that are going on between Congress and the White House about how much money, how much more money they should spend related to the economic impact of the coronavirus. Let's listen to clip one. You're saying she's not moving, but you're giving in on the negotiating side. That, that's that's what I hear from you. Yes or no on that? Well, yes, yes, that's okay. correct. Uh, right. uh, she's he, made very he, small Here's what it appears to be. And am I yeah. wrong? It just seems like each side's given cover to get past the next debate, maybe even past this election. And that's when the rubber will hit the road. Am I wrong about yeah, that? I, I think you're wrong on that, Bill, only from this standpoint. As we started out at, at $1 trillion, we went to $1.3, we went to $1.5, $1.6, we're now at $1.9 trillion. At some point, Speaker Pelosi has to take yes for an answer. Uh, I can tell you there are a number of things that she said, if you only deal with this, we'll be able to move forward. So we said yes to that, only to find out that the goalposts moved once again. And so uh, I'm encouraged 
encouraging her and, and certainly all the rank-and-file Democrats to take yes for an answer. Let's get help going to the American people. Okay, let's talk about Biden. All right, well, there you have it. And uh, Bill Hemmer says, you know, basically asking Mark Meadows, the White House chief of staff, like, is this a game? Is this a joke? Because y'all been talking about doing a deal for like three months now. And every week they're like, we we almost got the deal done. We're there. We've got a deal. And then as it turns out, there is no deal. Honestly, if you want my honest opinion, which you didn't ask for it, but I'm going to give it to you. The, I think we don't need a deal. I think that we don't need more money printed from the Treasury Department in Washington, D.C. At this point, we don't need that. And I'm probably in the minority, but here's the way I view this. Congress and the Treasury Department, they've already pumped trillions, literally trillions of dollars into the economy. They printed new money into the economy, which is one of the leading causes of inflation. And we still have states in this country that are shut down. And you know what's going to happen if Congress passes another multi-billion dollar spending bill? What is going to happen is we will be encouraging bad behavior. What is the bad behavior? The bad behavior is that eight months into this hoax of a pandemic, New York, Illinois, California, Washington State, Oregon, and other liberal states still have the vast majority of their businesses shut down are severely limited on the kind and the amount of business that they can do. And so you know what will what will happen if we spend send more money to these states in aid, they will sure enough stay shut down. They will sure enough keep their businesses shut. The government will. And we will be encouraging and incentivizing Horrible decision-making. But if we don't pass another bill, guess what might happen? Political pressure might build up to where these governors have to open up their states and allow businesses to operate freely. Exposing Washington American Family Radio, check out our website, AFR.net, and we'll be back next week. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.